If you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 8 this morning. Luke chapter 8. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, maybe 2020, 2021, have you been through a season where you sometimes just felt a little hopeless? Anybody? Anybody felt a little hopeless at times in 2020 and 2021? Well, I got news for you. Jesus, he's the one who offers help for the hopeless. Amen? And uh, here in Scripture, we find a simple story, but we also find a story that is about a great Savior, and His name is Jesus, amen? And I want to encourage you to draw your attention uh, to verse number 40 in Luke chapter 8, and we'll begin reading here this morning. I will tell you that uh, the message this morning is pretty straightforward. We're going to walk through the passage. I'm going to make a... uh, Uh, a couple of observations, and then we'll uh, see what the Lord does through our invitation time. Amen? Look with me, beginning in verse number 40. And the Bible says, And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and They that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive, I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him, and she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Father, we thank you for this word. God, we thank you for the time that we've had to sing praises under your holy name. God, we thank you that you are who you say you are, that we can depend on you, we can trust you, we can rely on you. When when the world lets us down, when our family lets us down, when our jobs let us down, when, when our friendships let us down, God, we know that we can come to you with our helpless and hopeless situations and find grace in our time of need. Lord, I pray that you'll be with your word today. I pray that it'll fall upon the good soil of our hearts And God, that we'll understand that truly, truly we have help in hopeless times. God, we love you and we praise you and ask that you'll do what only you can do now in the precious name and the most powerful name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And for his sake, the whole church of God prays. Amen and amen. Well, it's good to be with you this morning. And as we get into this passage, I want you to look at verse number 40 because what we know is that Jesus has just been rejected. He's just been driven out. If you look before verse 40, you'll know that Jesus was in the country of the Gadarenes and he's dealt with, many of you know the story of the maniac of Gadara and the people get mad and they want Jesus to leave. They're like, get out of here. We don't want you here anymore. And if you remember the story, you remember the maniac actually comes to Jesus after he's been transformed 
He comes to Jesus and he wants to get into the boat with Jesus. He says, let me go with you. Let me, let me be a part of where you're going. I want to be with you, Jesus. What a great thought. And Jesus says, no, you need to stay here and tell these people who are angry, these people who are trying to get rid of me, you need to tell them of the hope that you now have. And so it's important to understand that Jesus has just been rejected and driven out by all the people of the Gadarenes. And as he returns here into Galilee, look at verse 40 again. It says that these people, they actually gladly received him. And not only that, the scripture says that they were all waiting for him so that they were eagerly anticipating Jesus' return. So a few things right off the bat. We know that the people of Gadara were mad and the people of Galilee were glad. Amen? Hey, listen, I tell you, get glad this morning. Amen? Don't be mad. There's a lot of people who want to be mad. There's a lot of people who want to keep you down. Just get glad in Jesus. Amen? When the people say, hey, it's time to get mad, no, say, I don't have time to be mad. I'm going to be glad in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so the, the, the Gadarenes were mad. But also the Gadarenes, they wanted him gone. But the people of Galilee, they were waiting for his return. And in reality, it was the Gadarenes who were hopelessly in need of Jesus. Isn't that like us sometimes? We're hopelessly in need of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I need Jesus today. Amen. I don't know about you, but I need Jesus tomorrow. Some of you need Jesus when you get on I-66. Some of you need Jesus when you're pushing your way through the crowd at Walmart. I've seen some of y'all. Some of y'all angry about the, the sale on meat or the sale on lettuce is, is not going the way you want and you get angry. Just get glad. Just get glad because this is what I find the Galileans. See, the Gadarenes, they hopelessly needed Jesus, but they said, get out of here. And sadly, that's what we do many times. But as Jesus arrives back in Galilee, look, Look, right away, the first person that approaches Jesus, this is beyond comprehension because he's a high-ranking official. He's the religious uh, ruler, if you please, of the synagogue. This is a man named Jairus. Now, think about it, folks. Out of Galilee, do you think that the Jews had a problem with Jesus, some of the Jews? Absolutely. So this ruler of the synagogue, he's waiting for Jesus which is a miracle in and of itself. And he comes to Jesus and he wants to tell Jesus about his desperate situation concerning his daughter. Now the reality is his daughter is 12 years old. She's about to die. And the woman that we're going to look at has been dealing with an issue of blood for 12 years. Maybe a coincidence. I don't know. I don't think so. Everything in God's word has a reason. And so he comes to Jesus and his need is so personal and profound. He doesn't care who sees him. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever uh, sat back in the pew? Now, I've done this, and, and I don't want to cause the mic to squelch or anything, so I won't come out there. Have you ever done it where you're sitting in the pew, and you know you need to go forward, and you need to talk to Jesus? By the way, let me just remind you of something. This altar is not a place of embarrassment. It's a place of acknowledgement. Amen? In the temple, they had a places of acknowledgement. They had the women's court. They had the inner court. Listen, when we come... Uh, to pray or to sing praises to God, when we come forward or whatever, that's not a bad thing. But sometimes I think what we do is we allow that old devil to keep us right where we are because of pride. We say, I'm not going forward because if I go forward, then Brother Jose will see me going forward and Brother Jose's going to think, what's wrong with Greg? Greg must have a problem. Well, you know what Jose ought to be doing? He ought to be praying for Greg if I come forward. And by the way, it might be good if Brother Jose came and prayed with me, amen? And I know Jose would do that. I'm just using him as an example. And so we see this guy, his need is so personally profound. And so uh, 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 
amazingly beyond his comprehension that he humbles himself. And I think that's what we need to do sometimes. He forgets himself. He doesn't care about his position as the ruler of the synagogue. He doesn't care that he's a high-ranking official. He concerns himself only with the need of his daughter. And when Jesus sees, when Jesus sees that this ruler of the synagogue, by the way, do you think Jesus knew who Jairus was? Do you think Jesus knows who you are? Oh, he knows. Believe me, he knows. And so when Jesus sees Jairus coming humbly before him, Jesus comes back from the Gadarenes, and he comes into town, and here comes Jairus, and Jairus says, listen, he gets to Jesus. He says, you've got to come. My daughter is dying. When Jesus sees his humility and when Jesus actually sees his faith, Jesus moves into action, amen? I believe that if you and I will come in humility and by faith, that Jesus will move into action on our behalf each and every time we do so. I just believe that. The Bible tells us, by the way, the reality is uh, uh, Jesus sees the need, he moves into action, and the Bible tells us why, because in James chapter 4 and verse number 6, the Bible says God resists the proud. He resists the proud. Sir, ma'am, young person, if, if you're a little proud this morning, the Bible tells us that God resists the proud, but he gives grace, unmerited favor. He gives grace unto the humble. And in a few verses later, in verse number 10 of that same chapter, the Bible tells us to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift us up. Amen? Oh, humility and faith, key ingredients to this man's uh, approach to Jesus. And so Jesus... He starts moving, and, and that, let's continue, because as Jesus makes his way to Jairus' home, look at verse number 43, because verse 43 introduces us to the faith of a seemingly, now notice I said seemingly, seemingly hopeless woman. And so as we've read in Scripture already, Scripture tells us that this woman had suffered physically. She's hemorrhaging blood for 12 years. Let me tell you something. I watched my wife hemorrhage blood for a couple of days after she gave birth to our youngest son. And every time they sat her up in the bed, you know what would happen to her? Pass out. She would pass out. Scared me to death. She would get to the edge of the bed, and then, whoo, she'd pass out. And I would be looking for that button to call the nurse. I was looking for somebody to come help me. She would try and get up out of the bed, and she would pass out. Now, can you imagine this woman has been suffering for 12 years with an issue of the blood, hemorrhaging blood, I would imagine she's anemic by now, don't you? I'd imagine she's a little weak. I'd imagine she's worn out. But the Bible also tells us, look at our passage, because it also tells us that she had suffered financially. She had given all of her money, all of her living to these physicians, and she had never been healed by any of them. Have you ever, have you ever spent a lot of money on doctors, anybody? Nobody spent any money on doctors. Liars, all, all of us. You ever spend a lot of money and you get the medicine and you go home and you think, man, it's going to be good, and there you lay. This woman for 12 years had given all she had to be healed. It wasn't that she was like hanging out at home, not going to the doctor. It wasn't like she show, didn't show up for her annual physical every year like some of us. She actually went to the doctor's. But the Bible tells us that she had not only suffered physically, she suffered financially. She was out of resources, and yet the Bible also tells us in Mark's gospel, in fact, I've got it marked out, not only had she not been healed, Mark 26 says this. It says she suffered many things 
of many physicians. And then it goes on and says, it spent all that she had and was nothing bettered. But rather, what does it say? She got worse. And she got worse. And she got worse. So she's, she's suffering uh, physically. She's suffering financially. She's suffering socially. Because guess what? The Levitical law in Leviticus 15, and you can take time to read it for yourself, she was condemned as being unclean. And so guess what? After, for seven days, they would actually put her out of the town to be kept separate from anybody. And then if it goes on beyond that, there's other problems. There's, there's problems of divorce decrements and on and on. And so she suffered not only physically, financially, but she suffered socially because she was having to stay in isolation, if you please. But you know, the greatest need of this woman wasn't physical, it wasn't financial, it wasn't social. She suffered spiritually. You see, because as an outcast of someone who was considered unclean, this woman would not have been allowed to enter that women's court in the temple. She, much less, even gather for public worship. And so this woman, I look in Scripture, she's totally desperate. And there's no doubt that she's distressed about it. There's no doubt she's a little anxious. This woman is destitute. She has no more financial means, the Bible says. In fact, I just read it to you. Mark 5, 26 says she had spent all that she had. She's discouraged, and quite honestly, I would say that this woman is in despair. But there's one great thing I see about this woman. This woman, in the midst of all that she's going through, she's determined. Have you ever met a determined woman? Listen, I married one. Man, oh man. Praise the Lord for some determined women here this morning. Amen? Hey, have you ever met a determined man? Mm-hmm. Right? This woman's determined. She's destitute. She's, dis she's in despair. She's sick. She's socially an outcast. And yet in the midst of all of what's going on in her life, she's determined to get to Jesus. In Mark's gospel, in Mark 5 and verse 27, it tells us that she had heard of Jesus. Have you heard of Jesus this morning? She, the Bible says she heard of Jesus. It doesn't tell us that she knew Jesus. It doesn't tell us that she, she had been with Jesus. It says that she had heard of Jesus. And so I'm guessing she had heard about the power of Jesus Christ. And so she had tried doctors. She had tried medicine. But now she believes that she comes to this point that Jesus is her only and best option. Amen? Hey, you ever heard this, these shows now where they give these, uh, these offers on houses and everything? And they say... Uh, Best and final offer. By the way, today I've heard that you better come up higher than your best and final offer. You ain't even getting a house, right? But this woman realized that Jesus was her best and final option. And so she comes to Jesus. She comes to Jesus in faith. She doesn't know him, but she's heard of him. And although, by the way, remember, she's not supposed to be around people. She's, she's considered unclean. She's not supposed to be. By the way, I love the King James word throng. Jesus was get, being thronged. Have you ever been thronged? Now be careful how you say that. Right? Like, man, I went to church and I was in a throng. Well, that basically is talking about the people had crowded around Jesus. So Jairus comes and the people are waiting. They're eager to see Jesus. 
They're waiting for him to come out of Gadara. And so he comes back, and this religious ruler gets to Jesus and says, you've got to come. My daughter is dying right now. You've got to come. By the way, some people believe that the daughter had already died by the time that Jesus gets there. The messenger just hadn't made it to uh, Jairus just yet. And so this man's coming, and Jesus sees his humility. He sees his faith, and he starts to move out to go to Jairus' house. And then here comes this woman. She's moving through this throng, and she doesn't care about public humiliation. She doesn't care about ridicule. She doesn't care about the possible punishment that could be facing her for coming to the crowd. Listen, she just wanted to get to Jesus. Have you ever just wanted to get to Jesus so bad that you didn't care who said what or did what? I pray that you have. I pray that that's how you feel today. Look at verse 44 of Luke chapter 8. It says that she came behind and she touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood was stanched. That word stanched simply means that it was stopped immediately. And Mark puts it this way. And look back in Mark 5, 27 and 28. He says it this way. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. Now here, I love Mark's color commentation. Because in verse 28, he says, for she said. So she had a mindset. She had a determination that was going on in her life. And for she said, if I may touch, but his clothes, I shall be whole. Folks, I don't know about you, but that's faith. This woman believes that if she comes and she just touches the hem of his garment, just the clothes, that she's going to be made whole. By the way, if this crowd is all around Jesus, I don't think that it was the fact that he felt his clothes being touched or the garment being touched. I believe that it was all about her faith. That's what he felt. Now look, in, look at what the Bible continues to say uh, about it. See, she believed that she could get to Jesus. She would be healed. And so I think about what about us? Have you ever needed Jesus so bad you just said in your heart and in your mind, if I could just get to Jesus today, I know he's going to take care of it. Have you ever been so caught off guard by what's going on in the world that you've said it's no use? It's no use praying for our country. Have you ever thrown in the, or, or waved the white flag of surrender physically, financially, socially, spiritually? Have you ever thrown in the towel, so to speak, when you're in the midst of life's battle, life's fight? This woman wasn't about to throw in the towel. She says, i got to get to Jesus. Because if I get to Jesus, I know some big things are going to happen. Notice, she says in verse 28, guys, if you'll put up Mark 5, 28 again, it says, for she said, if I may touch. Now, notice that word touch. She said, but if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. Now you say, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that the word touched, the word touched in every gospel account, Matthew chapter 9, Mark chapter 5, Luke chapter 8, in every gospel account of this story is the Greek word hoptima. And it literally means this, to fasten or attach oneself to. So what I see is this beautiful picture that God's giving us is that this woman's touch is not some mere casual grab and move on. She doesn't just brush up against Jesus. She just doesn't reach out and smack the hem of his garment. She just doesn't literally just, uh, just like, here, let me, let me barely touch him. No, this woman in her heart and mind had determined to fasten herself to Jesus. What about us? Are we fastened to Jesus? Because I got news for you. If you're not fastened to Jesus, 
you're going to find yourself feeling a little hopeless. Because this world will knock you the plum out. This world will take you down. People have lost jobs. People have lost homes. People have lost income. People lose family members. And on and on. And if we're not fastened to Jesus Christ, we will very soon, if not immediately, begin to feel hopeless. But Jesus said in Mark chapter 9 and verse 23, all things are possible him that believeth. And I got news for you. This woman believed. She believed all that she had heard about Jesus. She believed that he was able. She believed that he would use his power, dispense his power to heal her. And she, I'll be honest with you, she was resolved no longer to linger in her current state of affairs. You know that song? I am resolved no longer to linger. Right? She, she had resolved. She said, no, uh, uh, uh. I hear Jesus is coming. I hear Jesus is coming. I've tried everything for 12 years, and I've heard how he's healed people. I've heard of his magnificent, magical, supernatural power. And listen, i got to get myself to Jesus because I know that if I'll just touch his garment, if I'll just fasten myself to Jesus, I know that he'll make me whole. What about us? Oh, we need to be made whole. And as a result... As a result, she fastens herself to Jesus. And immediately, instantaneously, the Bible says she's healed. Guys, I got news for you. That wasn't a healing that a doctor gave. That wasn't some other type of hocus-pocus magic. That was supernatural power that was healing this woman. In Mark chapter 5 and verse number 29, the Bible says in straightway. That word straightway literally means at once or immediately. It says in straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she had been healed of the plague. In that moment, she received what no physician could do for 12 years. She said, Jesus, you're all I need. Is he all you need today? Is he all you need? She said, this is what I need. I need need Jesus today. I got news for you. I need Jesus today. You need Jesus today. And guess what? I'm not trying to command you, but as the Bible teacher in our class said, I'm not trying to command anybody, but I want to encourage you. You need Jesus today. And although people surrounded him on every side, the only thing Jesus sensed was the touch of faith And like I said, it wasn't wasn't about her touch grabbing the, the, the garment that made the impact. It was her faith. It was her faith. What is it that you need to approach Jesus uh, today in faith with? Every one of us have something that we should be approaching Jesus today with. Luke chapter 8, look at verse 45 and 46. And Jesus said, who touched me? And when all denied Peter and all they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee. They're all around you. You're crowded. They're pressing on every side. We're trying to get to Jairus' house. Imagine the picture. This is like a ticker tape parade for Jesus. And they're walking through the town. They're saying, Jesus, what are you talking about? People are all around you. There's all kind of people touching you. There's all kind of people rubbing against you. There's all kind of people in this crowd. Why are you asking this question? And notice what he says, verse 46. And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive. That word perceive means I know. He says, I know that virtue is gone out of me. And some of you say, what is he saying when he says, I know virtue is gone out of me? The word virtue literally is the Greek word dunamis speaks of his supernatural, miraculous power. 
And Jesus says, here's what's happening. He says, I know that somebody touched me in faith because as soon as they affixed themselves, as soon as they fastened themselves to me, I felt the supernatural power leave my body. And the woman felt his supernatural power heal her. Woo! What a great story. What a great story in Scripture. But I have to ask the question, how is it How is it that so many people were pressing in around Jesus and only this woman was healed? How is it? They're all around Jesus. Remember, they were were ready to see him. They were waiting for him. They were excited. They were glad. They were hopeful for what Jesus was going to do when he comes back into Galilee. And so there they're waiting and they're excited and yet they're all around him. And yet only this woman was healed. You see, there were a lot of people who were interested in Jesus. There were a lot of people excited to see Jesus. There were those who wanted to be a part of the crowd. You know there's always crowd watchers. Man, they see a crowd, they come running. Man, there's a crowd over Battlefield. Let me go see what's going on. Oh, there's some people talking about Jesus. Let me go see what they're saying. This occasion reminds me of that illustration that Colby made a few weeks back in his message. You see, I think all of us need to realize that simply being around Jesus, occasionally bumping into Jesus, or even being a part of the crowd wanting to see Jesus isn't enough. See, a crowd was with Jesus. They were walking with Jesus. They were seeing what he was doing with Jairus. They were headed to Jairus' house. And this woman evidently interrupts. She comes behind, so the crowd's moving. And so can you imagine the scene? She's like weaving her way through the back of the crowd, and she comes behind, and she grabs, and she gets what she needs. Oh, yes, she does. It was pastor and evangelist years ago, F.B. Meyer. He said, proximity to Christ does not necessarily imply the appropriation of Christ. That's good. Just getting near him doesn't imply that you are in Christ. Being around him doesn't imply that you have been saved by faith through Jesus Christ. Yes, only faith in Jesus gives us the victory that overcomes the world. I love F.B. Meyer. He actually went on and he says these words. He says, unbelief, now watch it. He says, unbelief puts our circumstances between us and God, but faith puts God between us. And our circumstances. That's good. That's good. Unbelief puts our circumstances between us and God, but faith puts God between us and our circumstances. Oh, yes, this woman in the text, just like her, we must by faith fasten ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ if you and I ever hope to be healed of that horrific terminal illness that we all suffer from. It's called sin. Every one of us terminally ill this morning sin sin terminal illness for each and every one of us and if you have never come to Jesus if you have never touched him you've never fastened yourself to Jesus I got news for you that's the first step that's the most glorious step you could ever take Maybe you're a believer and it's been a long time since you fastened yourself to Jesus. You say, well, pastor, man, I fastened myself to Jesus back in 1980. Well, congratulations, sir. That's been 40 plus years. When was the last time you fastened yourself to Jesus? Day in and day out. Oh, her faith, not her mere touch, was rewarded in secret. 
Only she and Jesus knew what had taken place. Remember Peter, they're asking and Jesus, hold on a second, somebody touched me. My virtue is gone, the power is gone. I know something is going on here. And so what Jesus is doing, he's calling this woman out. See, she was healed in secret, but he said, guess what? Now it's time to make a full confession of your faith. Look at the verses. Verse 46, look what it says. Jesus said, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive, I know that virtue has gone out of me. Look at verse 47. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, the gamut's up. The gamut's up. I, I, I made my way through the crowd. I got what I want, but the gamut's up. Because look at verse 47. When she sees that she's not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. Oh, would God we would fall down before the Savior of the world. She comes falling down before him and she declared unto him before all the people and for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Folks, nothing new under the sun. Jesus calls her to a full confession of faith then just as he did in his word. In fact, do you know what Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32 and 33 says? Jesus saying, he says these words, he says, Whosoever, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But he says, but whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe it's been a long time since you could honestly say that you've affixed yourself, you've fastened yourself to Jesus day in and day out. Maybe it's been a long time since you stood for Jesus and confessed him before the world. Maybe it's been a long time you've been struggling with things that seem to have you feeling a little hopeless. But I got news for you. There's no need to be hopeless because there's help for the hopeless in Jesus Christ. And look immediately following her confession. Look at verse number 48. Immediately following her confession, look at what Jesus says. He says, daughter. I love Michaela. You were singing that song and, and talking about the adoption of sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. And this is what Jesus says. He says, daughter, be of good comfort. He says, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. In Mark's gospel, here's what Mark says in verse 34 in chapter 5. He says, daughter, thy faith hath made thee, go, hath made thee whole. Go in peace. But watch what he adds at the end. And be whole of thy plague. Guys, I got news for you. This is the only time in Scripture that Jesus ever calls a woman daughter. It's the only place that he refers to a female as daughter. And I believe it's more than just being polite or expressing affection to her. I believe in my heart of hearts that right here he's signifying her spiritual relationship with God through him. He says, daughter, it's okay. Thy faith has made thee whole. And by the way, you go and be whole of your plague as well. By the way, she had already been healed of that plague. In Romans chapter 8, the Bible tells us this in verse 15 and following. It says, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear. There's no need for us to walk in fear, church. We've not received the spirit of bondage to walk in fear. Notice what it says, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, that gets me excited. Joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Who's, who's happy about that? Oh, pastor, I just don't really appreciate that. Oh, my goodness gracious. You ought to be excited to be a joint heir with Jesus Christ. 
This woman is called daughter. She's also given comfort here. By the way, the word comfort, she says, he says, be of good comfort. That's simply telling her to have courage. Be of good cheer. Have courage. He gives her assurance here in this verse as well that her healing was permanent. And then look at the, look at the last part of the verse. He says, go in peace. Go in peace. He says, hey, he says, listen, listen, the peace of God that passes all understanding is going to be with you. Like this woman in the story, we've been preserved. It's been preserved in God's word for us. And I don't know where you are this morning. Maybe you've gotten to the point where you feel hopeless. Maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online. We have some people who are suffering today physically. Do you know, Battlefield, we have some people in our congregation today who are suffering financially. Did you know, maybe you haven't been aware of this, but we have some people that are suffering socially. And we have a whole lot of people who suffer spiritually. And what happens is when we get the physical, the financial, the social, the spiritual suffering going on, what happens is sometimes we get to the point where we think it is hopeless. Can I tell you, it is not hopeless. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, he is the alpha and the mega, the beginning and the end. There's no need to fear. There's no need to be hopeless because the story's not over. We can stand, like I said last week, on the promises of God. There's no need to walk with our heads all down like, oh boy, what are we going to do? 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 We need to trust Jesus. That's what we need to do. We need to go out and proclaim his love and his truth to people who are hurting. It's like, well, brother, I just leave that to God. No, listen, you, we, you and I have been called to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to declare, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to people in the workplace, in the marketplace, in our neighborhoods, in our homes, in our family sectors. Oh, listen, don't, don't give up. I want to encourage you this morning, come to Jesus in faith. Fasten yourself to him. Rely on his dunamis power to heal whatever is going on in your life. Because I know that if we will humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, the Bible says he will lift us up. And I know that if we trust in his dunamis power, he will make all things right. According to his plan, according to his will. If you're not a believer, my prayer today is that God will give you faith. That God will give you faith to trust what He says in His Word. That He will give you the faith to call out upon the name of the Lord and to ask Jesus, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life and change me from the inside out. That's called faith. That's believing that if you ask God for something, that He'll give you what you ask. If you're here this morning and you're a believer, I pray that you will also call out upon the name of the Lord and ask Him to heal whatever's going on in your heart and in your life. You know, the Bible tells us a couple of things that all of us can get and wrap our heads around in James chapter 4. Guys, look, put it up there, verse 7 and 8. It tells us to submit ourselves, therefore, unto God, to resist the devil and he will flee from us. So here's the equation. Leave that up there. If I Go back to verse 7. If I submit myself to God and I resist the devil, the Bible gives me a promise that the devil will flee from me, not because I'm great, but because Jesus is great. Because of his dunamis power, not my little weak power. But verse 8 says, tells us to draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. 
The truth of the matter is that none of us, none of us can change our past. You say, Pastor, my past is so, it's horrific. You don't even know what I've done. You don't even know what I've said. You don't even know where I've been. How could God ever forgive me? Can I tell you, he, he does and he will. He loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All you have to do is believe. Believe that Jesus is who he says he is and call upon him and ask him to forgive you, to come into your life and do things that you could not even begin to do on your own. Listen, you can't pay your way to heaven. You can't work your way to heaven. It's already been paid for. It doesn't need to be paid any longer. All you need to do is believe and receive. Amen? Amen. I never said that before. Like that. We can't change our past. But through faith in Jesus Christ, who the Bible tells me never changes, we can have a glorious future. We can have a glorious future. Not because we're smart, not because we're strong, not because we're uh, whatever you want to throw in the blank, but because Jesus is strong, because he's loving, because he's powerful. And his power is readily available to whosoever will ask. Oh, by the way, let me just close with this reminder. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, the Bible tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please him or to please God. If you've never exercised faith, I'm begging you right now today, exercise faith. Jesus, he is our help when things seem really hopeless. Whether you're saved, whether you've never been saved, right now is the opportunity he's giving us all collectively online and here in person to talk to him, to cast our care upon him, right? Because the Bible says he cares for us. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity we've had to be in your house today. Lord, I thank you for this message of hope, this help that you gave a seemingly hopeless woman and certainly the rest of the story, even with Jairus' daughter, that we didn't even cover, Lord, just how great you are. And the reminder to each and every one of us to fasten ourselves to you that it's not simply enough to be in the crowd. It's not simply enough to get, get around you to, to, to see what's going on. But Lord, that we need to fasten ourselves to you. God, that you'll do great and marvelous things which we don't even know about. You're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask. And so Lord, I pray that you'll do that in this moment. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.